Welcome to Coffee with Sellers. I'm Mike Bryant, founder and CEO of Prime Seller Solutions. We transform e-commerce ownership from overwhelmed to overjoyed. We believe that every e-commerce business owner should enjoy the freedoms that come with entrepreneurship. Stick around at the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Sellers. I'm your host, Mike Bryan. Today, I am pleased to have Tyler Sully Sullivan from ecomgrowers.com. Welcome to Coffee with Sellers, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Appreciate awesome. it. So first question we always ask Sully is, are you drinking coffee this morning? Yes, but never enough. I did fear when I, I started cutting back. So I'm now down to one cup a day. And then my second and third drink is tea, which is killing me. Um, I think I'm going to go back to more coffee, which is, I used to have about three a day. Um, but yeah, so two teas, one coffee is kind of my my ritual right now. You are a man of many uh, caffeine uh, origins. That's awesome. Speaking <laughs> of origins, Sully, um, share with us how you your, your started e-commerce. I, I found it pretty interesting. And I think uh, those in, in, in the e-commerce world as well, so have at it. Yeah. So I feel like the old man in e-com. Um, I mean, I started, I felt like I was pretty young in the space, but it's been, I think it's 12 years. So I started 2011 or 12, really with no expectations of selling anything. It was a much different time. You know, it, Shopify wasn't as easy. Facebook ads were just starting to become a thing. Yeah. I mean, this was like before the selfie, before <laughs> Facebook even had video. So you know, I, I was competing in this sport called uh, World Long Drive for golf, which is like the home run derby of golf. Yep. And I was pretty terrible, but um, <laughs> I loved it. And I went to a couple of local qualifiers and I qualified, went to regionals and quickly realized I was not going to become a pro because I was hitting it. My best drive ever in competition was 360 yards. <laughs> and the golf, which sounds great, but the guys was going, up, going up against, they were airing it, carry over 400. So they were beating me by 60, 70 yards. And, but it was really fun. And I just started assembling different components, uh, made the world's worst website. This was when websites were hard to build. And I built one that, it's funny, my wife and her coworkers would go on just to have a laugh because it was so bad. You know, as a cartoon guy flexing, breaking a golf club. And I sold nothing on it for six months. But that first sale was kind of my epiphany. And it was... It happened when I wasn't from a computer, which was like, that was the real like, whoa, this is this is cool. I was on our boat, which was not a yacht. It was like a, a little boat my wife and I had because we were broke and um, sure. took out a loan to get it. What, it, it was, we were fishing, we were having fun, whatever. And um, I got an email and that was an order. And I think it was actually an order for a golfer in Ireland. So I think I lost money on that sale after the shipping. <laughs> but at least it was like, wow. I sold something on my boat. Let's just do more of that. And and that really was a really fun start, but it took me a long time. I used Facebook organic, slowly yeah. built up followers, you know, and then just had the crazy idea to design my own product. And I worked with my local college, University of Vermont, engineering department. I barely graduated when I went there. Took took me five years. Um, but I had this idea. Uh, to design my own club and I worked with four students for a full year and we designed this dual cavity driver awesome 
And I kind of just risked it all for because I was young, didn't have kids, and uh, cashed in my 401k. I don't recommend you guys do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, had about, I think we made a tooling, 50 samples, and, and had a couple bucks left over um, to get started. And Facebook, even though I only had like a thousand followers, a thousand people would see what you posted back then. Yeah, right. And I was able to sell, I think we sold with like four ads, like, ten thousand dollars in a day wow, wow. And, that, and like that year we didn't sell a lot and uh fast forward okay we got the product this has already been a year some sm- small followers on facebook but really it was getting fired from my day job um the week before thanksgiving Ooh. and finding out my wife was pregnant all at the same time which was the moment and kicking the ass where i said okay and she she's like what are you gonna do are you gonna take this full time or what and uh that was the hardest year of my life and our family's life, having a newborn, assembling golf clubs in my basement. But that year, we were able to forex our sales, where I was, and really figure it out. And then Facebook ads happened, and we kind of scaled to the moon. Um, you know, and we were doing eight figures a year. Wow. And I exited after COVID 2022 because golf became hot, econ became hot, and I didn't think we could ever sell that much again. And it was perfect timing. And now I'm freaking out, for trying to figure out what to do. Uh, luckily, I have my email agency, Ecom Growers, where I, I help my partner, Chris, who was my first employee. But I tried to make that as sure as I could, 12, 13 years of stories. But sure. so now sure. that's what I'm focusing on. And uh, a lot of good things happened in 12 years. And it, a lot of it was timing, you know. Well, yeah, and that is that's a, that is so true in terms of uh, my experience with it as well. COVID was a... Uh... A pivotal year uh, 2021 was for mine. Uh, what do you think the what do you think the biggest uh, struggle take us back to that point where because people we can always gloss over the the happy times but let's talk about those those tough times because those are the the ones that uh, I think a lot of people can appreciate uh, in the e-commerce space. Yeah, I mean so for for me early days it was Facebook ads really wasn't a thing. So when those came out it it was like it was like magic. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And you know, the, the big struggles that we had or me understanding was number one was cash flow. Being a manufacturer of your own product, you know, we do our first like first year we did over seven figures, like a million dollars. I was like, sweet, we're rich. Then I'm like, where's the money? Yep. Because uh you had to put all the money back to make more product. And uh that was one thing going into it I really didn't appreciate because the more you would grow and scale. And the revenue would go up, EBITDA would go up, but the more product you would need. So it became a business that luckily I was able to run debt-free and scale up at one point. But I had to take a lot of loans, a lot of risk, and and a lot of stress. Because I always kept saying to myself, early days, the first three or four years, I kept saying, when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? I kept scaling with these ads and we kept selling more, but I kept having to make more. So I'm like, man, if this stops and we've got a $3 million PO out, this will be interesting. Um, but, you know, doing the the fundamentals day after day, we built up a customer base and it made us more bulletproof every year. But as I was going through it, early days was very difficult. Um, and I think a couple of things that took me two kids to learn was that at some point I wasn't that important. Um, it's so like my first kid, I was working 20 hours a day, seven days a week, yep. really was not available as a dad or like, I was just all in trying to figure it out. So when I had my second child, um, she's now six, I said, I got to take some time off. This is nuts. 
Um, and I took six weeks off before her birth to prepare. And to my surprise, sales actually went up. So that that was like an ego ego check where I was like, you know what? I uh, built a great business. I can delegate some things. And I was able to really delegate and learn how to operate better and, and only work four hours a, a month, which wow. took me eight years and two kids. But that reality was one of the reasons that I was able to sell it and have an easy transition is because I delegated so much, systematized. But if you told me to do that when I first started, it would have never happened. So it's like, for me, it's always life events. It's like getting fired. Yeah, right, right. Birth of a child. So it's like, you could tell me, hey, you got to do these things when I first started, but I would have never done it unless I had these life events that made me do it. So I don't know. It's like business and life for me, just things happen at the right time and cause certain things to happen in business, you know? Sure, sure. Do you, do you feel like uh, when, when, you, when you made that commitment to jump off for, for, for six weeks, that you had everything in place or was there always this something in the back of your mind? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if it was like, I was confident that the system, I just felt. How, how many employees at that, how many, how many employees at that time did you have? Yeah. So I didn't, I really never had a ton of employees because I had it siloed by experts. So we had outsourced, oh, you no. know, outsourced ad agency. We had the email guy, two in-house employees, our three, three PL. So we really had it. And that was the magic with siloed out experts. And I was just a coordinator of those so-called experts. But before that, I think it was more of a feeling of like, this is my business. This is my baby. I can do it. I have to do everything because it's mine. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that mindset is so hard to kick until you finally delegated and seen it in action that actually, yeah, cool. You, you created the brand position, the original product you know, all these great things, but maybe you're not the best at Facebook ads. Maybe you're not the best at shipping products. Maybe you're not the best at design, like whatever those elements are. And once I I let go of that ego, I was like, it was really freeing, but it was very difficult to do. Um, So I'm lucky I had enough revenue to delegate and do that. Um, And now it's like, I almost default on like, if I start a new business, like I'm messing around with some apparel stuff. I'm almost like, who do I hire? But I'm like, you still got to learn it first and be an yeah. expert every every silo or every piece just to know enough to hire or fire someone. Yeah. So I think I wouldn't just say, hey, go delegate. You got to be in the weeds, you know, in the trenches learning and then know enough to know, hey, are they actually going to do a good job or not? So I don't know if that answers your question. But yeah, it does. No, it's 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 good because it, it, it reiterates the, the idea of, um, you know, if you think of... Uh, the the three think of a Venn diagram in terms of uh, you've you've you found your I'm sure right away you found your audience right so that that upper left Venn diagram is the, is your top your top clients your your those those customers that you know just love what you do and you love working with them and then move over to the other one where you've got this unique offering and you went with having um, designed and made your own clubs and found a price point that. Uh, was probably a lot less than a, the, the rest of the industry, but you made it probably, it sounds like you made a great product, but then that yep. systemization piece is where that, and that finishes off that, that sweet spot in the middle that uh, so many um, businesses miss out on. Right. Um, great example. Yeah. Great example. I was just doing some research on companies that miss the mark with that. Um, I'm not sure how old you are, but this would have been like early eighties. Um, Colgate came out with frozen dinners. Mm. Yes, Colgate, the toothpaste company, came out with 
So they missed the mark on, they were not yeah. in that sweet spot. They they just didn't recognize their client base. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's an important aspect. And it, it also reiterates the fact, the idea that you're really not an entrepreneur until you have done exactly what you did that there is. And it freed yourself up from, uh, maybe there's still something you love to do, which is okay to hang on to. But for the yeah. most part, you're able to step out when you want to step out and uh, you come back and it's still, it's still growing and, and going. So that's, that's, what, that's really I, cool. I did feel a little uh, useless at some points where I was like, I almost wanted to sink my teeth into certain things. And I realized I, me getting in actually would not make it better. So that was kind of a weird feeling on the other <laughs> side. I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm not working a lot, but I'm like, I'd like to do something that moves the needle. Yep. Um, and I realized that after, I mean, eight or nine years, it's like, there's only so many levers I can pull, you know? So it's like, and that was almost a little frustrating because it's like, I want to do more, but it's also a beautiful thing when the kids are sick or yeah, want to go on vacation, right. you didn't have to do anything. And yeah. uh, the beauty of e-com is like, it, it kind of, it can scale without you when you have a fulfillment center that's outsourced to, which is, that's what I love about that business model. It's like, you can have your biggest days and have no impact on, on me. Uh, it used to impact me when I was uh, hand assembling the clubs myself, yeah. shipping them myself, and doing customer service. But once I delegated, I was like, "Cool, we did six figures today," and I did didn't do anything different, you know. That's Whereas great. Great. our agency is is people based, so you, it's much harder to scale that model. So like we have yeah. between twenty five and thirty clients, and at peak we only we had like forty something. But it's really hard to scale because you got to bring in new talent, you got to make sure they're up to speed. It's a very and your profit only grows so much, whereas e-com is just more variable and scalable. So it's, but it's much better for cash flow. So it's yeah, running those absolutely. two different companies is there's pros and cons to both. Absolutely, absolutely. The, um, you know, what what advice would you have for the e-commerce uh, business owner today? Uh, and, and actually, one more question before we jump to that question: yeah. uh, Did you do solely on your own website, or did you jump into the Amazon space? Did you? Did oh. You, uh, yeah, we were 100% direct. And okay. I did that just for cash flow and did not want to run multiple inventories. Okay. And we were so successful selling direct. And because of our email list and our email activities, yeah, that's great. That was our real asset, you know? So, like when we launched new products or we just taught, you know, when we used email and we we're able to launch new products, ask them what they wanted. So, really, that was like the core piece of the business. The new owners did decide to go Amazon, and it's it is growing it. But for me, I was like, I didn't want to take on the burden of two inventories to sure. do. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I was a very conservative. I probably left some revenue on the table, but I could sleep better at night knowing I okay, only have X amount of inventory versus double, and what if that channel dies? Or and really, it's like if Amazon shuts you down. That was my big thing. It's like, all right, let's say we got Amazon killing or whatever channel mm -hmm. it was and you got banned. That seemed too risky for me. Whereas my own channel, I still own that e those emails and could Absolutely. always communicate to them. So that was like the real core reason. I was like, you know what? Even if it did well, what if we started doing really well, source less inventory, and then we got kicked off for some reason? Mm -hmm. That was too risky in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. It's truly the, if you can... I'm encouraging uh, anyone that if you can do it off Amazon, um, let me put it this way. Amazon is a great proving ground for, for, yep. for, for testing. Um, but if you can then move it off uh, Amazon and uh, live uh, maybe I've heard 
60, 40 off, you know, 60, 40, 60 off, 40 on or 70, 30, whichever way you want to look at it. But uh, yeah. it's Amazon does because it's got all those eyeballs on it. Uh, and and Amazon is also so much bigger now than when I was. Oh, yeah. Good point. So yeah. it's like the timing of stuff. It's like, I don't know, today I'd probably be more open to it just because it's it's such a bigger thing than when we had started, you know, so it's just there's I think a lot of this is timing factors, too, you know. Yeah, and I think the idea too, though, is you could, is, is is if you did start with the direct side of things, you can pick and choose what you want to put on Amazon. Yeah. Um, if you want yeah. to do something exclusive over there, you could, and and but yeah. or, or vice versa, whichever way you want to do that. But that's cool. What advice would you have for those e-commerce business owners today? Yeah, I think it's all about just doing what you like. Because I, I mean, when I started, I had no expectation of selling a single, making a single dollar, but because I was already enjoying golf and just loved it. It just never felt like work. Whereas I think if you're just trying to do it for money, chase a trend, do something that's hot, but you don't love it. I don't know how people can do that consistently, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, and same with our agency that we started, it was more of like, all right, people, I started getting case studies about my brand or, and, and like how we're doing so well. And they started reaching out to me and I'm like, I'm not, I can't help you. So my first employer is like, Hey, I'll help you uh, and, and do this. And it was just like a natural you know, we already, people already asked for help and it was kind of seeing that opportunity. Um, so either way, no matter what you're doing, just do what you love and it won't feel like work because there's going to be days when you're going to have to grind to figure something out. And there's, it's not always easy. So if it's, it's not something you love, I don't think you'll make it long term. Yeah, no, I, I think the, uh, the best bit of advice I heard uh, that follows up to that is uh, John Acuff, the author. Uh, he's done a few books. Uh, he, he said, have a portfolio of motivation. I think that's a great mm. term because there are days you're right when, when it's like, uh, that's not working for me today, but I still have, you know, the two kids at home or, you know, there's, there's things that just having that uh, multiple motivations is, is a, a great idea. So thank you for that. Sully, I appreciate your coming on. What, where can people uh, find out, uh, find out more about your, your, uh, uh, your business now and uh, how can they connect with you? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I don't know why. Just playing around on there. Tyler Sully Sullivan. Or if you're an e-com brand, you know, we'd love to talk to you guys at ecomgrowers.com. And uh, yeah, love love talking to other DDC brand owners. It's uh, always interesting to hear where people are at and, and see if we can help in any way. But, you know, it was good to me. And uh, here we are. Uh, excellent. Well, I, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You shared a great story. And uh, uh, we'll connect again soon. Thanks, Sully. Appreciate it. Thank you. Brian here. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee with Sellers. If you're an e-commerce business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit primesellersolutions.com. Look for the podcast link at the top and get signed up there. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to a friend or post it on Facebook or LinkedIn. If you know somebody who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Coffee with Sellers. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote this show and mean a lot to me and the team. Want to know more? Go to our website at primesellersolutions.com. That's primesellersolutions.com. Or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.